Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Lions with it, second and goal from the eight. Down six, but on the move. Chris, working from the gun, looks out to the right, now checks out that Viking defense. Takes the snap, back to pass, looks right, got Chase in the end zone, touchdown, Detroit Lions! That should have packed the bag, starts the plane, this game is over! How big is that? And now it's time to start the Detroit Lions podcast. Lions fans, it's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red... Rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who haven't scored since 1958. Chris and Case. Hey, Idaho Lions fans, welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast, episode 204. This is the official Detroit Lions Podcast for Reddit, and I am your dashing host, Chris. And with me is my good friend and co-host. Why? It's Dean. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm here. I am in actually in Detroit. And I'm and I'm decked out in my my tiger's hat and i also got a special shirt that i'm going to share with you in a little a little later looking looking really really good all right uh got a great show today we're gonna to talk about our saint jude charity run we got a bunch of stuff coming from there we're raising money got the auction about to go live also we're gonna go in depth with dean on the rules changes who knows better than dean we got key nfl dates for the lions coming up the riz and a whole lot more we got a great show lined up you ready to go dean Am I ready to go? Look at this shirt. Look at look at my I love Zach Zenner t-shirt. Tell me if I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, a couple of quick announcements. First, check us out and help us out on Patreon. Special thanks to Dylan from Guam. That's right. Of course, our very first donor, Mathis and Brian B. from I Prevail. Check them out. New album, Trauma, just came out, and uh, it's rocking. You can hear it. I got it a week early because I'm special. Dean got it. Dean listened. He loved it. I mean, I've got I got a preview of it, and and I Prevail. I think right. What are we describing? I prevail. It's kind of uh, a little Lincoln Parkish, but a little little heavier, maybe a little more. Yeah, a lot. yeah, yeah. They did a lot with this album. They went all over the. It's good stuff. Check it out. Uh, a lot of people loving it. A lot of love on Twitter for it. Get that. You can uh, hear and check out some of those great things by joining the Patreon, like everybody else, and the folks that got to hear that. You join the Slack chat, and you get a special uh, conversation with us going on there. And, of course, you get access to the pre-show show, where we do some videos occasionally for you to check it out. Again, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get in, sign up, and help the show out. Remember, 
for this month and last month, every donation to Patreon is going straight to St. Jude. Give us a like on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, and check us out on the Twitter machine at D-E-T Lions podcast, D-E-T Lions podcast. It's the very best place to see Dean. Without pants, no pants on. That's right. That's right. And I'm going to share a story a little bit later about about when I when I broadcasted about pants on. I'll leave I'll leave the listeners hanging a little bit. We'll go to that. <laughs> Sounds like you might have been hanging a little too, Dean. All right. Too subscri- much. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Subscribe to us on YouTube, YouTube.com/slash Detroit Lions Podcast. You get the live content as it flies. Hit the bell. You'll get notified when we're doing that. Also, rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Spotify, wherever you find us. Give us those five-star reviews. We love them there. And, uh, of course, we love your constructive criticism, too. Hit us in the subreddit, and uh, we'll take that love there. Give us a call via Skype. Detroit Lions Podcast. It's all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast. Or call us in the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS, 929-335-4667. Leave a message and get a chance to hear yourself on the show. We are everywhere. We are <laughs> everywhere. That was, that was like... Lions fans in Guam. I mean, there's people listening everywhere, all over the world. Let's go. Tighten your chin straps, kids. It's time to review this week in Reddit. All right, it's time to talk about all the fun and exciting things going down this week in Reddit. And, well, gosh, Dean, I got to tell you, I'm so happy to have you here, man. It's cool. You're sitting there in the... uh, in the tiger's hat, you got you got the whole thing going on, man. It's uh, we're streaming live for those that uh, picked it up on uh, on YouTube. We 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 did it unwarned without warning, but uh, you know that's the way we do things sometimes, right? Yeah, I'm used to. That's it. I'm on live TV. There's no you don't get a second take, so let's do it. All this right. Is, but you know you don't get it. And in officiating, you're only supposed to get one call, but apparently that's not going to be the case <laughs> now. Now you get to replay it. <laughs> well, let's talk about that. There's uh, some rules changes in the NFL that we know are going to affect the Lions. Do we think they're going to affect the Lions adversely, or do we think that this is going to be a hell oh, here's, of a Here's the thing. The, the Lions historically have had a very poor Hail Mary defense. Can we agree? Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, they've had very poor Hail Mary defense. So hopefully, maybe we'll get we'll get an offensive pass difference call out of a hail mary this year. Maybe maybe that'll that'll help us, and uh, and you know we'll win a game. We'll win a game on a reversed offensive pass interference call at the end of the game. So do you think maybe. that's what this rule change? Let's let's get let's let's back down and get a little bit more into it, so folks know what we're talking about. There's uh, some changes to the PI rule, and um, as as you said, it's gonna it's gonna maybe help us. It depends how many face masks we get ahead of the hail mary. But let's talk about what this means for the for the uh, for the rules and for the line. This is a this is a significant change. This is the biggest change in in the NFL since they brought replay back in 1999. And now we're going to be reviewing subjective calls like pass interference, both defensive pass interference and offensive pass interference. And this is as recently as last year. The competition committee was philosophically opposed to reviewing these calls, and and. Obviously, the NFC Championship game was a was a very big driver in this discussion. Missed call in that game certainly impacted the outcome of the game. And now we're going to have not only the ability to challenge, the coach will have the ability to challenge it outside two minutes, but inside two minutes, the replay official is going to be able to stop the game and review a call that was made. And maybe even more importantly, create a foul in replay, which I think was probably the last hurdle everybody had to get over before passing this rule. 
Is is this a good idea? I, I have to ask because the the idea of calling a foul on replay, I can I can see where I might be excited about it, and I can see at the same time where it might terrify me. Um, yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. I'm I'm kind of let's wait and see. Anytime you pass a, a rule like this, this significant, there's always going to be some unintended consequences, and and we just have to work through it. I don't think you could. I don't think you can find someone that doesn't want the ability to fix what happened in the NFC Championship game. But, but do you create a rule like this just for one play? And and pass interference is a very subjective call. It's a tough call to make. And obviously, there's an on-field standard that the official gets to see it in real time. And now we get to slow it down in replay. And it depends. Are we going to get technical? and just freeze it a split second that defender got there early and create that foul where on the field the official's letting it go because they obviously can't slow it down. Um, I think this can help, but I think we're going to see some growing pains with this, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what other big rule changes have happened? I'm, I'm, and I, you know, I know it isn't purposely said to pick on the Lions. That happens down at the individual official level. I'm, I'm, I'm Looking at you, Cheffers. But uh, <laughs> as, we, as we think about this, um, this one this one is interesting, and, and moving that around is tough. What other rules are, are coming to affect the teams this year? You know, another, another change I think people are going to start to discuss once we get through this whole PI thing is the blindside block. So the yeah. league eliminated the blindside block where that's the block where the blocker typically punt returns, interception, fumble returns where the blocker's coming back toward his own goal line. He's peeling back, and he hits that defensive player. In the past, it was it was legal to do it if you stayed off the head-neck area. Now, if you don't use your hands, lead with your hands, or just try to get your body in terms of wall off that defender, and you drive your helmet, shoulder, forearm into the body of the defender, that's going to be a foul. So, so it's going to be interesting to see how that impacts the return game. Right. It's a safety rule, and, and I think anytime you can you can eliminate a potentially dangerous tactic, that's important. But it's going to be interesting to see you know how how coaches coach this, how they coach players to make that block, and will we see it negatively impact the return game? Sure, sure. Yeah, that's a that's a big one. I I feel like. Um... I feel like it's not as big as calling a penalty from the booth, though. That one to no, me is nothing, like... No, nothing Nothing is as big as that. That was certainly... That's going to be something that we're going to be discussing um, throughout the offseason and into the preseason and into the regular season. This is going to be a, a, a huge topic of conversation. The other one that I think is going to impact games, it's certainly going to impact scoring, is a personal foul or unsportsmanlike conduct foul that occurs... On a, on a play where a team scores in sure. the past, let's say you have rough in the passer and you know, this, this will happen. Stafford who, who, who he'll throw a touchdown pass and he'll get roughed. That penalty would carry over to the kickoff. Now the lions would have the option um, in terms, I'm sorry, not the, the lions in that option. And they, yeah, the lions would have the option to enforce it on the try. So you could, in essence, go for two from the one-yard line now because of that penalty. Same thing on the defensive side. If the offensive team scores and there's an, an unnecessary roughness or personal foul or unsportsmanlike conduct foul, um, that defense can have that foul enforced on the try, pushing the offense back to a, a much harder um, position to kick that uh, extra point. Sure, sure. Interesting. Okay. I like that. 
I like that. I think that's that's fair. Um, I, I have to go to one maybe you didn't talk about. Philadelphia um, was talking a little bit about uh, wanting to s- switch the home and aways with Dallas and Detroit on the uh, Thanksgiving games. And it's interesting because there's, there's a couple ways, and they withdrew the, the, the submission, right? And, of course, I'm a Lions guy, so I'm thinking about it, But every wow. time you do that Thanksgiving game, you're, you're going into a short week. Right. So if you make that one of your home games every year, it just seems like that seems like a fair way to handle it. Do you know the thinking behind why they wanted to do the flipping on the away game piece? You know, I think that's that's something that teams have brought up from time to time. And that you have you have the Lions, you have the Cowboys that are playing at home on Thanksgiving historically. And certain teams see that as an advantage. It's a short week, but you're home. And now you have, in essence, a mini buy before your, your your next week's game. And I think they some teams just feel like that should rotate. Being a Lions guy like you, that's our day. We yeah. get we have that window. Don't touch it. Don't try to come into you know our house on Thanksgiving. We're gonna keep that home game, and that's just the way it's gonna be. Right. Right. Okay. I like that. Yeah. Um, and and they withdrew it because that's what they may throw batteries at home, but when they have to come. Come to Detroit, they know to back it down. <laughs> it was tougher though last year with the Jets. They were they at that first game of the season. You were watching that, right? And, and you and I, you and I uh, were interacting on Twitter with that call that we knew was. I was I, I was all excited. I said we're going to get this one. And we didn't. Coach Patricia's going to win his first challenge, and nope. And then by the end of the game, they're 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 chanting Jets in our stadium. That that one hurt. That one hurt. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll take it on on the on the Eagles for now. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. We have some. Uh, there was another rule that you had that you were you wanted to talk about as as far as what was changed, isn't there? Well, I think the big the other big one was the kickoff, and uh, and they made the changes the changes that they implemented last year on the formation. Mm-hmm. That was a one year experiment, and they made those permanent. So obviously, uh, the league was happy with the results. I know concussions on on the kickoff they were down thirty five percent. So that's that's a great number. It's only one year, small sample size but certainly positive. So they made that a permanent change. So now all of the, the, the formation restrictions that they put on the kicking team with, you know, you can't have a run up and the return team where you have to have eight in that setup zone that, that will now continue through 2019 and beyond. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, we do have a question in the, in the, um, the live chat and, we know the answer to this, but I have to ask it anyway. Uh, so being able to review the PI, that would mean that the flag could have been picked up at Dallas or it could have been reviewed after it was picked up in Dallas, right? Ooh, that's a, that's a, a very good question. And, and that's a perfect example of one of the unintended consequences of this rule. Right. Um, so the, the flag on the field initially was for pass interference. And then it, and then it was picked up, um, after discussion, after the announcement, I think they took a commercial break and, uh, and we had, you know, and then they, and then they picked up the flag, you know, at some point later, some point later in the day, the the part where Des didn't have his helmet on too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All those (laughs) things happened. And then, and then the flag was picked up. Um, certainly now that, that could be challenged. Now coach could say, we feel that is fast interference, but the thing is, that play really, the foul there was defensive holding, not pass interference. So it would have been interesting to see if that happens this year, um, do they make that pass interference? Because really the foul should have been holding. It wasn't enough for pass interference, but it was a hold before the ball was in the air. So I think that one, I still think the, I still think we get screwed on that one. Yeah. I, I, 
yeah, even with the rule change, I still think we're gonna we're gonna get the the raw end of the deal there. They do, they they always find a way, don't they? Yeah, no, they find a way. <laughs> now it's them. Now it's them, though, Dean. So it's easier for you. Exactly. Now it's and us. It's no longer. Yeah, I'm no longer part of that. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So uh, moving on, then I think we've got that covered. Um, let's talk about. Um, how the league's going to communicate some of these changes. So we've got the rules changes. This is kind of a every year sort of thing. And um, the teams have to know. I mean, of course, they were at the league meeting, right? So there's some level of knowledge about the discussions. But but there's probably going to be an official position that the league takes after they review the, 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 what was conversed about at the meeting. And then they have to say to the teams how they're going to enforce it. At least I would assume so. Can you kind of just walk us through that process and how everyone's... Yeah, gets yeah. and this is, this is even more important than implementing the rule. It's how we're going to communicate it, how we're going to teach it. And so what the league has to do now is they have to come up with a standard. They have to come up with a standard of what, what is going to be past interference in terms of what, what do we create in replay? Is, that going, is it going to be clear and obvious? Are we going to be letter of the law? And then, and then they have to communicate that. They have to communicate that with video. Show examples. Here's an example of a call that was, was not made last year that if challenged would now be past interference. Here's a call that was made last year or previously and, uh, and would no longer be past interference based on replay review. And I think that's going to be part of the process. Now they have to come up with a standard on, on Hail Marys. I think the Hail Mary is going to be treated differently. Than any other than any other play because we all know that there's a certain amount of contact that's allowed on Hail Mary that's not allowed in other situations. Sure, yeah. Again, so I think that's now what the league will do. They'll put video together. The officiating department will start visiting clubs, individual clubs, meet with their coaching staffs, share that video, go through different situations, and uh, and just work through that process throughout the off season. Now. So somebody's poking around my brain on the on the live chat on on this. When we talk about how hail marys might be treated differently, we you know when when a player has a propensity maybe for playing a little bit towards the edge of the rules uh, and in the way they hit another player, or something they they do get a rep and people and and the refs the officials start looking for that and they tend to get a little bit tighter called a little bit tighter than maybe somebody else would it's just it's a natural result of making sure that the rules are enforced and making sure that people who who tend to want to push them don't get to push them too far so i'm going to kind of try to extend this when you think about the the hail mary piece um and i and i'll be the first to admit aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback i don't there's no question about his his talent he's he's amazing he does some schematic things the uh the the quick snap to catch people too many on the field and you don't have to keep complimenting him because i can see how much it's paining you just great quarterback leave it at that okay thank you but one of the things one of the things he does to kind of play at the edge of the rules is that Hail Mary. He's moved probably more Hail Mary pass interference yards than any quarterback I've seen in the last 15 years. Is this the kind of thing that they may look at as well in the replay when they're doing some of the calls, do you think? Or is this going to be a little bit more cut and dry? You know, I I just think the Hail Mary is going to be different. I think it's going to have – the way you teach the Hail Mary to on-field officials is you're going to allow players to to jockey for position. You're going to allow a certain level of pushing, grabbing – but if a player just tackles another player, if, if it's a bear hug type thing, it's got to be so obvious to call a penalty on a Hail Mary like that. So I think that's got to be the same standard in replay, where it just has to be something so obvious, two-handed shove in the back, um, you know, tackle, that type of thing for, uh, for a foul to be, to be called on the field or in replay. Sure, sure, sure thing. All right, um... We'll keep going. I, you know, the folks on the on the stream haven't seen it. Dean, do you mind 
maybe showing off your your shirt. People are saying you're repping the Honolulu Blue here, and they didn't get to see the whole. Look at that, guys, huh? And that's not ZZ Top, okay? <laughs> that's right, Zach Zenner, one hundred percent. He's our guy. All right, we'll talk more about that shortly, but I just wanted you guys to get a, a little taste of that. Let's move on. You saw yesterday the news, C.J. Anderson uh, yeah. signed by the Lions. Nice pickup. Yeah, it feels like it's, it, it solidifies the running back, back group for us, and we can kind of move on from that position and look elsewhere. Is that you think you're, you're thinking? That no, I agree, and, and this is a guy that he, you know, I think he's perfect for kind of that, like you said, like the running back group. You know, it seems like very, very few teams have just the one guy, right? You know, we, we grew up watching – that, that back that's going to get 20, 25 carries a game. Now it seems to be more running back by committee. This is a guy, you know, last year came in, stepped in when Gurley got hurt. You know, he was with the Panthers. Was never the 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 the, the only guy. So I think he's going to be somebody that can really add to the running back group and, and just help help the Lions in that area. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Adds a lot. I, I, what do you think about Duke Johnson rolling around? He, he may be out there. He's a guy. I feel like it makes us better overall, but by the same token, do we want to put money and resources there versus maybe elsewhere on the team? Yeah, you know, I read that right. His agents have asked the Browns to trade him, um, you know, at this point. And, and that's a guy a little bit different. He's probably um, where C.J. Anderson is, is – is a bigger back can, can run between the tackles. Duke Johnson, you know, can do some more things on the outside, catch some passes. Again, to me, you can never, never have enough talent, never have enough good players. If it fits and if, uh, you know, Bob Quinn thinks it makes sense. Hey, uh, you know, if Quinn says it's good, I'm good with that. Yeah. He seems to be a pretty smart guy. He is. Yeah. Yeah. All he's right, an excitable guy too. He, he's very passionate about his lines. Trust me. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's good to know. I could probably use when that. When it comes to point. officiating, he's very passionate. <laughs> that's um, what we want. It's it's like it's the opposite from Caldwell, right? I mean, he was he was. I'm sure he was passionate on the inside, but his his delivery was. I'm certain. Um, Jim Jim was you know Jim was passionate too. He just he wasn't as as outspoken. But Jim Jim and I would have a pretty much a a regular phone call on Monday Monday afternoon, and and Jim was the type of person that would watch the film first and then call. So you don't have that emotional reaction. At least I'm going to go, let me go look at the film, make sure, you know, how I'm feeling now. If I'm still feeling that way tomorrow, uh, then I'll, I'll call him to talk about it. But it's probably problematic if you have a, a weekly call with a, with a coach on your calendar, right? Maybe you should have. I just, I'm also <laughs> just like, I'm a good conversationalist. I think they just wanted to call and chat. And yeah. See what yeah on. Sure. They, he would call me, he would call me after the bye. My <laughs> I, he was likely confused. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. Uh, hey, really quick, we want to talk about uh, St. Jude Children's Research Hospital, something we're doing right now. You guys know um, we're, we're putting a lot of different ways out there to donate. We're very shortly going to do the uh, our transparency and accounting report for March to show you uh, how much we've raised so far, how much we've gotten. Um, between myself and Sandman and um, AJ and Malcolm, um, We've got $2,000 in matching funds ready to go. So as you folks start donating, we're going to match that. So right off the top, we're looking at four Gs, if you guys can come to come together. And we're heading that way. We're, we're down to uh, getting to the last uh, 500 of the matching funds. So you guys keep at it here. Remember, there's a couple ways. So we've got the PayPal on the on the site if you want to do it. Patreon's another way to do it, to do the donation. I'm covering all the fees. So whatever the fees are, don't worry about that. That'll all go to St. Jude. Um, on the on the Patreon side, that was to let people spread it out across two months if you wanted to do that. So if you want to just use the, the PayPal now, you can do that. Also, a dollar per shirt sold on the merch store is going straight to St. Jude. So you can do that as well. And we have an auction starting off. Dean, you were, you were really helpful in the auction. You're, you're hooking us up here, aren't you? 
Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna auction off a game used Super Bowl football. That's sweet. Super Bowl Fifty Three. I can't guarantee, you know, what play. I can't it guarantee was the touchdown, right? The winning touchdown. But, but yeah, I think it might be the or that pass to Gronk. You know, the one that set them up late in the game. I'm but sure it's uh, that one. we'll we'll do that. There'll be a signed football. Myself and Mike Pereira, for you officiating geeks out there. And uh, and I'm I've actually got my checkbook out right now. I'm gonna cover I'm gonna cover the account number for you shady folks, but I'm gonna match that five hundred dollar donation myself here. Too. Wow, that's that's awesome, Dean. Thanks, thanks a million, man. That's 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 great. You guys join up. You can do it. DetroitLionsPodcast.com. We have all those different ways to do that. And of course, the auction. There's a Matthew Stafford signed ball from the Lions. There. There's a there's an uh, an event. Um, and, uh, what do they call that? An experience. Sandman, myself, the Riz, uh, Case may be in town. We'll see who else is in town for the the party, the training camp party. See, we're going to do a dinner. You guys get to join. You get to join us all for dinner, and, and we're buying. Don't worry about it. We're not. <laughs> we're not total slouches here. And uh, so you got a lot of good stuff there. Um, bidding's opening up. Uh, it looks like tomorrow morning on those items, and it will go through the draft, the uh, noon ahead of the draft, and we'll announce the winners on the draft during our live draft show itself. So good times. Got a lot of good stuff coming up there. Um, make sure that you join us on helping out the kids of St. Jude. We want to help uh, help get some sick kids uh, a better experience and hopefully get them well as, along the way. All right. Um, some questions, Dean, about hard knocks. And um, this, is, this, is, this is a pretty big one. Um, there's a lot of thought that maybe the Lions will go. A lot of people are leaning towards the Raiders because they're, they're in the mix, I guess, as well. And Gruden's kind of a character, and they've got a lot of characters now, it looks like, down at the team this year. Talk a little bit about what you know about the process for getting a team into hard knocks and picking them and, and, and what might help us. Because there's two, sets, two mindsets here, right? As a, as a fan of the team, I would love to see that, have that kind of access and see what's going on with the team, right? But actually from a competitive point of view and from a kind of a disruption point of view, I don't want them anywhere near Allen Park. So help me, help us kind of clarify how that all works. Yeah. It, it's interesting because there are, there are really, there are three ways you can avoid being on hard knocks. Okay. It's if, if you have a first year head coach, okay. If you've had a playoff berth the la- in, in one of the last two seasons um, or actually a playoff berth the last two seasons, and, uh, and the third would be if you've appeared on them in the last 10 years. So, so if you have one of those things, you're, you're out. You, can, you, can, you don't have to do hard knocks. Everybody else has to do hard knocks. So, so just like you said, if they're saying if you have a first-year head coach, you don't have to do hard knocks, then they're saying it's a distraction, right? We don't want a, a, a first-year head coach having to deal with being a first-year head coach and now dealing with all the extra stuff. So it's definitely a distraction. The, the football people that I talk to about hard knocks – um, they don't love it. They'll they'll do it because the thing I think the thing about Hard Knocks too, if it weren't for NFL films, I think a lot more teams would would really push back on this. NFL films, they are the the the, the most professional. They they are they're ninjas. I mean, they, they can, really are. I mean, it's amazing. They, they can be you know in the room without being in the room. It's it's so seamless how they can get that access and, and do and give that to the fans. And I think on the football side, they're not crazy about it. Sometimes they just have to do it. I think on the business side, they love it, right? They love it at ticket sales and marketing. And I think the league looks for storylines. They look where, where, because hard knocks gives us a peek into how teams prepare and how training camp goes. But, but what does it really do? It gives us, it gives us these great, 
human interest stories, you know, these players that, and it's not, it's not the, the Matt Stafford's and the established players. It's the, it's those bubble guys, right? The guys that are trying to make the roster and you start to like become a fan of that player. Is he going to make it? Is he not going to make it? And then you get to see their family and how their family kind of, kind of stays with them and lives and dies with their ability to, to make the team. And it's just, you know, that's what I think the league looks for when they're looking for a team to do hard knocks and they're looking for those storylines. And, and, uh, and so, you know, I know the Lions are certainly a possibility. So sure. who knows? We'll see. Who do you want to see with, of, of those that are available? Who do you think would be the most interesting? Because, I mean, there, there's, I, again, from a fan's perspective, of course, I want to see the Lions. But there's one team or another that's going to be a little bit more interesting. Some of the characters, some of the, uh, uh, the folks. That no, are I, would, I would absolutely love it's not it's it's not going to happen because they don't have to do it but i would love to see the patriots i mean i would love to see the kind of behind the scenes and and what goes on there um there's there's so many you know the thing is about hard knocks is that you they'll pick a team and you won't think anything of it and you're like oh that you know that team who who cares and then you start watching and you become engrossed because again because it's it's about these guys trying to make these teams and these and the human interest part of it, not not the football part. Of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I got to tell you about the Patriots, especially that that kind of you, you, the do your job special they had, and they do the the. Yeah, uh, that was great. Yeah, that was spectacular. I just I'm dying for a leadership book to come out from Bill Belichick. I think that would just I would give like my not my left foot and and no I need that right. But I'd give a lot for a, a Belichick book on leadership. That's just no. he's like got a great great mind specifically for that. That's just no no question no question. I've always had a ton of respect for Coach Belichick and and uh, and knows knows more about officiating than 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 most involved in the NFL and really and really takes it upon himself and his staff to, to coach up his players on the rules. And so it's, it's really, really impressive. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Um, we got to touch base on something coming up. We've got the draft party. We want to talk about that uh, big draft party. It's coming on draft day. Of course, we're going to do all the great broadcasts. It'll be case and I doing the first day of the draft. We're talking about getting a couple friends together for day two to cover some of the stuff going on there as well. So it'll be on the YouTube channel with it, with like this is right now. And uh, with uh, all the other stuff we're doing, it's a great party, good time. We're going to have a lot of friends come join us. We've got some some commitments from some fun people to come and put on a great show. And it truly is. If you're alone, why, why would you sit and watch a draft alone? Come join the party. You can watch it with us, have some fun, and uh, and have some great conversations. Of course, the phones will be open, and uh, we'll take your calls. So uh, get on there. Also, we want to talk about the training camp party. We haven't said much about that this year uh, yet, but it's coming up. Looks like... It's going to be August 3rd. We just got to get the uh, the training camp schedule released so we can lock that in. Um, on the Saturday, before they take the Sunday off, it's like I said, it looks like August 3rd this year. Um, we are going to have a day at training camp. We're going to call it Zach Zenner Day. Make sure you get your shirts, right? Like Dean's. Bring your I Love Zach Zenner shirt. We're going to show up and see how many folks we can get uh, repping ZZ out there and uh, having a good time. Uh, and then that evening, of course, will be our training camp party. We'll have some uh, very good very fun guest will announce who and uh, what later uh, but that's going to be a great great scene we had a great time last year with everyone who's here so Zach Zander Day likely August 3rd at the training camp so get ready for that and also be ready to join us for the draft party and I got, I got two commercials in a row here sorry about that guys uh, don't forget about us on Amazon head on over to DetroitLionsPodcast.com click on the Amazon link anything you buy they give us a kickback support the show by doing something you were going to do anyway there I did it fast for you <laughs> 
you go to Amazon. You you always head to DetroitLionsPodcast.com to get your Amazon stuff, right, Nardine? Always. I'm always on Amazon for Lion stuff. I, I got my Tiger's hat off Amazon. I got, you know, all my, you can't see it. My room is pretty much decked out in, in Lion's gear. Uh, <laughs> but it's all from Amazon. Yeah. And a couple, a couple of fun facts about Zach Zenner. He and I share the same birthday, September 13th. So when you wish him happy birthday, make sure to don't forget me. Don't forget about Dean. You heard it, guys. Make sure you give him some love on Twitter. Um, you know, you mentioned really back quick, back on the St. Jude thing, you, you had a check there. I'm going to give you an address for the check to go to. Uh, yeah, we'll send that straight on to them. And anybody who wants to send a check, maybe you, your, uh, your uh, employer does um, donation doubling or tripling or whatever, um, hit me up on the contact form on the website, and we'll go ahead and get you an address to send that to. So we still get credit for raising the money for them because we want to kind of add it all up in a big big chunk uh, to know how well we did and then give us something to succeed next year, uh, but also to make sure that it goes through the right way. So remind me afterwards, you know, I'll hit you up with that. All right. So on to Lions stuff, the draft, everyone, people are talking about this thing like, yeah. like it's a big deal. And I'm, I don't know, right. It happens every year. Who cares? Um, but let's, since people are interested, let's talk about it. Um, the Lions might have a need or two. What are you thinking about for, for the team this year, Dean? You know, I think I think on the defensive side of the ball, I think defensive end and cornerback. I think um, I think they're good, in, you know, especially with signing Damon Harrison. I like the middle of the defensive line. I think I think an edge an edge player would be great. I think another corner would be great on the offensive side. You know, wide receiver. I think they're going to need another wide receiver and maybe you know maybe a tight end. Mm-hmm. You know, a pass catching tight end. Um, but I think those are probably the biggest needs. Who do you think they're going after first? And well, what position do you think they're going after first? And then we can talk about the who, I guess. You know, I think it's going to depend on on you know who's there. I, I think if a guy like Josh Allen falls to eight, I think they got to take him. Oh god! I, I think they they got to take him. That's a pants off moment for sure, right? You know, yeah, I, I think everybody would be ecstatic uh, to get somebody like that. Um, you know, after that, I think, you know, this, this draft is going to be, it's going to be interesting because it's one of those, it's one of those drafts where, look, if you think that the, the Cardinals are going to take Kyler Murray at one, um, after that, it feels like it's, who knows, you know, it can go, it can go so many different ways. And it's not like you have, yeah, you've got a guy like, you've got a guy like Nick Bosa that's going to be, that's going to be a top five pick. You've got, you've got, you know, a couple of other Alabama has has some defensive linemen, but again, it can go a bunch of different ways. The quarterback, Dwayne Haskins, uh, Kyler Murray, who knows? It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, lot, lot, lot to go. All right, so we move on. Um, if we don't go, so we, well, let's just say we get Josh Allen in the first. How long do you wait before you're going after a wide receiver? Because this is, my, I'll give you my, my kind of theorem here. This is the, Chris's theorem. You'll find it in every physics textbook out there, These, or at least a recent one. Um, <laughs> we, 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 that end really shores up the defense. I think we can play around that cornerback position. I, I just think we can scheme, throw an extra safety in yeah. there or something else and, and help uh, help cover what we have. We have a better tackler now, or a better, I'm sorry, a better cover guy than we than we used to with uh, Nevin Lawson. Uh, Nevin couldn't cover, but he could tackle. Now we have someone who can cover, but isn't as good as ta- at tackling. Get some safety help. I think that improves us at the, that position. We'll be in pretty good shape. Um, so I feel like the defense is in great shape. I really think that we have to look at the wide receiver position. I don't know if round two is where we're going to get it, but boy, what are some names you're thinking of? I, I, I'm a Debo Samuel guy. I'm like um, uh, Terry McLaurin. I think he's great. Um, who, who else do we have out there that you might? Be yeah, I mean, I think and wide receiver is an interesting position because you can you can get great value later in the draft, and you look at some of these wide receivers um, that 
you know, their fourth, fifth, sixth round pick. So I don't know if they have to grab one at two. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's one of those where that seems to be, you look at, and I don't want to bring up, again, I don't want to bring up bad memories, but the it's okay. Lions didn't, you know, they hit on Calvin Johnson, but prior to that, when you're taking wide receivers high in the draft, it doesn't always pan out. So it didn't. <laughs> I like, I feel like you can get wide receivers later in the draft that, that can come in. And uh, and contribute right away, and and I and I've always, you know, I've always, I've always liked. Look, you got to you got to win on on at the line of scrimmage. That's so right. on defensive end, defensive uh, line, of, you know, line and the offensive line, and I think you can get a wide receiver, you know, probably a little bit later. Maybe not, maybe not a two, but maybe third round on. Right, and Kenny Kenny Galladay is a great example, right, of a guy you can get later. Sure. Yeah, and and uh, he's he's done well. Get another Kenny, I think we'd be in really great shape. I don't know if they made another one, though. We'll have to check the, the Kenny store. All right. Um, let's move on a little bit from, from the draft. Let's talk about let's talk about you, Dean. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite subject. Yeah. So you've got a couple things going on. You're, uh, you're, you're not just sitting around talking to me all day and, and, and dreaming of Zach Zenner. What else you got going? No. So, uh, you know, I'm doing a lot of stuff with the NCAA. I'm working on the replay side with, with college football. And right now we're preparing for the season. We're going through – putting together a lot of video for the replay officials. We've got a couple of clinics coming up in Chicago, one on April 15th, one in May on May 2nd, where we get all our replay officials together and we go through, uh, we go through video, we go through mechanics and, uh, and kind of set the table for, for the upcoming season. Um, been, uh, until maybe a couple of hours ago, I was working with the Alliance of American football, but they have <laughs> since, <laughs> Suspended their football operations in case this is we're breaking that news in case you didn't read it, um, which is it's not you know, funny, right? It's not it's not, not funny. it's not funny. You know, it's it's unfortunate. I think um, I from what I know, look, it's it's suspending football operations. I really hope I really hope that um, we can figure out a way to make this work because I think a development league where players can get snaps and not just players but officials. There's, there's so many positions in, within a football organization, and if we can develop more talent, I think a, a, a spring league is, is, is a great place to do it. So I really hope that uh, we can figure out a way to keep this thing going. So, but I was doing that, and, and I'm also working on uh, starting up a podcast. What? And, uh, got, oh, yes. Oh, the and competition. I got my, Where's my mute button? No. <laughs> my, this will not be. This will not be a competition. I've, you have. You have inspired me. Oh. And uh, and so I'm going to be. We're going to kind of be a, a sister podcast to the Detroit Lions podcast. That's awesome. And uh, and so it's going to be kind of about rules, not just football and sports, but rules in life and uh, different situations, and we're going to have some fun with it. So uh, we recorded a pilot episode last week, and, uh, and so look for that. We'll certainly, we'll certainly get it out there once we're, uh, we're ready to go live. Any, uh, any spoilers about who might be joining you on that first episode? Uh, if you can't yet, you know, we, we, my hope is that we're going you know, to have a lot of NFL people. We're going to have coaches, players. Um, you know, I would – Love to get a few lines on there. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that you know I was involved in a, a very controversial play the, the week after the Lions Cowboys game with a certain another player from the Cowboys. I'd love to get him on. I think he, he that, didn't catch it. I exactly, <laughs> but that would be amazing to talk to him and get his and get his take on the play, and, and we can kind of exchange um, our Close experience. Injuries. But uh, 
but yeah, that's 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 the, in the works, and hopefully we'll get that going in the next uh, next couple of weeks. You know, here that's awesome. Well, if you want to do the rules and life thing, if you ever want to have me on, I could be a warning to others. Right? Some some people's job is to serve as a warning to others. Is yeah, no, just <laughs> exactly. There, there's so many different things that happen in in life, and you know, what are the rules around those things? So we're gonna have some fun with it. Sure. So we had a question, and this is one, and you know, we, we've we've kind of grown to become friends over time. You've you've proven yourself to be a really a really great guy dean and and it was truly unexpected right i mean and it's that point where you realize you got to give people a shot at who they are versus to, what they do to right you off, i'm so glad <laughs> that i have to prove myself after doing my job and living my life and not bothering anybody right i know it's now the whole... I prove myself as a human being <laughs> But it's fine. No, that's good. I'm glad that we're here. Not now, now that you've done that. Um, no, but sometimes it is right in a position like that. And I think it's it's a point of realization of for a lot of people to separate of the course. the job and the person because sometimes you have to, your job has you doing things that are not as pleasant as you'd like them to be, yeah. right? And and we've grown, but I mean, how aware were you that we started that hashtag um, Fireblandino? <laughs> I just sent I, you that in a DM too, right? It was it was completely unintended, and, and I was like, oh gosh, you know, that's <laughs> that's from before we were friends. I probably should delete that one. <laughs> oh, there was, you, believe me, you weren't the only ones that were that were throwing out the hashtag Fireblandino. So, uh, look, I, hey, if in a position like that, I take it as as a compliment that people care enough about what you do mm-hmm. to want you to be fired. I mean, if that's a weird way of looking at it, but, uh, but I'm, I'm glad that we're past that. I'm glad that we, we are now friends and, uh, and we can move on. We can move on with life and we can talk about like important things like, you know, what's next, you know, if we're stranded on a desert Island, yeah. I mean, that, those are the real important topics that I want to talk about. Sure, sure. Well, we will. Uh, I do want to get to one famous quote, and I think this is something that you know everyone can grow from. Um, this is Dean and his approach to others afterwards. Let's get this out. guy needs a, and I'm going to find him and just give him a big. <laughs> That's that's really great advice. Thanks, Dean. And and yeah. anybody can apply that in, in so many ways. So okay, you're right. We want to talk about a desert island. This is something this is a new segment we want to do with with guests on the show because besides just the, the sports things and the lions things and especially in, in the, the off season when things are moving at whatever pace they are, um, we like to find a little bit about the people themselves and how they think and what makes people who they are and what they do. So I have a couple questions and I'll I'll give you the kind of the premise here. So the idea is you're stranded on a desert island and you're going to be there for as long as, as foreseeable. And uh, you only have a couple of quick choices you can make before you wind up on this island. Okay. And we'll ask you um, what your choices are in these regards along the way. So the first one is you got one food that you can bring with you and it's the one food you have forever on that des- desert island. What, what do you think you're, uh, you're going to grab? So I, but I don't have to think about any, I don't have to think about heating it up. Like this is just, I can, yeah, that, yeah, no, it'll be there however you like it. It'll be however I want it, right? Yeah, yeah. oh yeah. So, so for me, I mean, it it probably it probably would be pizza. I mean, that's that's a that's, good answer. That's where that's I'd be. My that's my favorite. It's pretty standard, but I would say if I had to go the rest of my life without pizza, I'd have a hard time. Yeah. I'd struggle. And if you get too, if it's just too bad on that island, you can eat enough to end it early, right? And it's what a right, way to go. Saying, I'm saying between <laughs> my cholesterol and everything else. It's right when I'm not going to eat healthy. I'm on, a, I'm on an island. Like, I, I want to prolong this. <laughs> Unless I'm Tom Hanks in Castaway. And I have I have about 3% of the skills, survival skills that he had. Yeah, and yeah. that movie, for me, that movie would have been five minutes long. Just leave the volleyball alone, team. All oh. right. <laughs> 
we'll move on. Uh, okay, the next question. So you go there and you can you get one movie that you can bring along with you to this island. What movie would you bring? I, I think pra- I pr- not that this kind of set it up that way, but I I think from a practical standpoint, Castaway because it could help me get off the island. Oh yeah, there you I go. Keep watching it, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I just for entertainment purposes, it would probably be. It would have to be a comedy because I need to laugh sure. because of the predicament I'm in. So it's not my favorite movie of all time, but I'd have to pick a comedy. And it would probably be, um, you know, one of my favorite comedies would be The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Oh, I love right. that movie. Yeah. There's so many good parts in that movie. And, uh, you know, I could watch that movie and over and over and that would that would help me on the island. Yeah, there you go. No, that's a good one. That's a good one. I was like, for me, my initial reaction was airplane, but it, I yeah, love that movie. It's absolutely great. But I already know like every word of that movie, and I'm not sure yeah. that it would keep me as entertained as I wanted it to. So I'd have to, I'd probably have to dig deep on that. All right, let's move on. Now, now you've got a great taste in music. You're, you've got you're all over the place. I see some of the stuff all you're putting out on, on uh, Twitter. What do you think? What album would you bring if you had one choice of an album to bring with you? This is a tough one for me because I like all kinds of music and you know i find myself when i listen to music and it's just on shuffle in the car and i'm like who are you because it's it's you know it could be a, a it could be a, a an r&b song followed by a, a an electronic song fired, followed by a rap song it's just all over the place the first album i think it would be the first album that i remember just just beating to death and just listening to it over and over um, was was Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. Oh, yeah. and, and that, that's one I love. I love Stevie Nicks. I love her voice. I mean, I think she, you know, listening to, to, to Fleetwood Mac would help me um, on those on those lonely um, nights on the deserted island. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, that, I think that would be Fleetwood Mac Rumors. Okay. All right. Two more questions. One, you can bring somebody as conversation they could be dead or alive and now they would be alive on the island with you right but they could have lived previously um who would you bring along to talk to this is a this is a tough one too i think it would be you know i'm a big i'm a big big game of thrones fan mm-hmm. and uh, and i i i started by reading the books and i've read the books over probably the last 15 years and so for me I think it would help me on the island, George R. R. Martin, the author, sure. having him because I have so many questions for him. I feel like we'd never run out of things to talk about, even if we just talked about that alone. So, so that would probably be the next probably 10 be books one of, Yeah. Yeah, that'd yeah. be great. No, that's a good idea. That's a good one. All right, here's the last one, and this one's a little personal. You get to bring yeah. along a lover, but it's not mm-hmm. your your spouse in your case, or yeah. we'd ask others or significant other. So you have to choose anybody in the world. That now remember, they may be mad initially because you brought them to this island, but some, at some point, yeah, you need to like, hey, come, right? <laughs> so, did you did you meet a genie and this was your wish? Like what? <laughs> um, you know, this is this is probably it's a little bit of an unconventional pick in terms of um, they're not. I don't think. She's a singer. I don't, I don't know how well known she is, but I have like this huge, huge crush on. Um, she's an Australian singer. Her name is Emma Hewitt, mm. and uh, and if she's watching for some reason, this you know oh, this is my is. this could be my my love letter to her. But Emma Hewitt, who who she's a singer. She's from Australia, and I just I'm infatuated with her, and she would be the one that I would I would bring. Okay, well we'll find her on Twitter and and send her to the to the video. Yeah. See what she has to say. 
Yeah, it's great. Can, maybe we can hook it up. And, and, I want to and, take you away from your amazing life to hang out with me <laughs> on a deserted island watching the 40-year-old virgin every day. <laughs> See, which, which may just be the case if, if we don't let your – we'll keep it quiet. We won't tell your wife. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Uh, we'll move on. You guys know about Fanatics, so uh, head on over to Detroit Lions Podcast. Click on that Fanatics, hat, uh, Fanatics link, and you can get yourself a sweet hat like Dean has or any of the other great stuff. We do want to cover some NFL stuff here we got some key dates coming up, and uh, we had the annual meeting. We talked about that. We went over all the de- details with our on-site reporter, Dean Blandino. <laughs> Great job. Um, April 15th, the Lions will begin workouts. So this is this is where things begin for us, and uh, this just came out yesterday, so we got some good info there. Also, the draft on the 25th. We talked about the draft party. OTA, off-season workouts. These are interesting, Dean. Um, anything we should know about these OTAs that we don't know from reading the paper and looking at the websites? You know, I think those OTAs have become so valuable because, you know, with the, the current CBA, the amount of time that the coaches get with the players is, has decreased. And, uh, and I think that's really, that's the, that's the time where, you know, you start to, you know, you start to implement your game plan. You start to go through what, what team are we going to be in, in, in for the upcoming season. So I think the, those are as important a time frame as any yeah. as we start going into the you know training camp and preseason, these OTAs when they can get everybody together and, and kind of start to, to mold the type of team that, that they're going to be you know for that season. And you remember the days, I mean, where they were hitting each other in practice and like it was full on yeah. football, man. That's good. It's yeah, crazy. It doesn't happen very on. often. There's, there's not a lot of, you know, there's not a lot of live hitting going on and, and, uh, you know, and obviously safety is a concern and that's important. But when you talk to coaches, you know, they really, they really want time with their players and, and they want to be able to coach and, uh, and do what they're getting paid to do. And, and so that time is, is so valuable for them. Absolutely. All right. So those dates are May 20th, 21st, and 23rd for the first set. Uh, phase two is the 29th through 31st of May, and then the 10th through the 13th of June for phase three. And then that starts the the dark season where there is literally nothing happening from June 13th through really the middle to three quarters of the way through July. It's it's hard, hard times for a football fan. It's the worst time of the year. I mean, it's just dark and it's gloomy. Yeah. Everywhere. Yep. I hate it. Yep. And then mandatory minicamp June 4th through the 6th. That's where everyone has to be there. That's coming up. And that's got it. That's the dates here for the rest of the year. We've got some things we're working on. We'll talk about those, and you guys will hear about those as we come on. And they'll fit in in with these things pretty nicely. So all these, these little slices of things are 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 meant to be memorable and meaningful to you. But uh, <laughs> with that, um, a couple more questions on the AAF. Um, and, and one is actually, this is coming out of the live chat. This is This is one that... I'll, I'll phrase it in my my way. Um, you don't think the XFL can replace the AAF as a, as a developmental league? <laughs> yeah, you know the XFL is is said they're coming on board in 2020. So again, we'll see. I think I think we do need a spring league. I really do, like for the reasons I, I talked about earlier. Yep. Uh, and so we'll see what happens with the XFL or or you know the alliance. And, uh, and again, I, I just hope we can figure out spring football at some point. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I think that's that's really, really key. And to have that kind of feeder program, like the minors in, in, in baseball. and But even you get your, 
you know, third round quarterback, some snaps and be able to get him some work in the spring and get him up to speed. That's the kind of thing that's really, really going to help, uh, help a team and help, help all the players. Right. I mean, that, that, that third round pick when, when your, your quarterback goes down and he's got to step in and play those extra snaps, that extra time, that, that extra work means he's probably going to be less likely to hang out one of his wide receivers to get murdered crossing on a crossing route. Right. I mean, that's, that's really what you're looking yeah, at. Yeah, It's just more, more snaps. And, and again, I think the quarterback position and offensive line, I think those are probably the two most glaring needs and, uh, and across the board. I think that's where, if you can get those develop those players, I think it's, it's, it's better for everyone. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Well, that's going to do it. You know, we got to bring Riz in. Um, you, you want to talk to Riz or <laughs> You got something else going on? No, I, I, you know, I don't want to talk to. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go get some burners, and you can talk to to Riz. And I said that right, burners. Right, right. right. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, and and mostly don't know the story behind the reason why I said Vernon's is because my uncle Vernon basically raised me, and it was. No, I have no, I have no connection to Vernon. Oh, that was so believable. You, you, you had the right no, face. You had the whole no thing, right? No connection to Vernon whatsoever. <laughs> I just messed it up. But all right, well, maybe we'll get you Detroit, and we'll we'll, we'll get you some ginger ales. Are you ready to get schooled? It's time for Risden's wisdom with the Riz Jeff Risden. All right, we got the Riz joining us again. How you doing, brother? What do we want to talk I about? Am, we want to say like managing editor of Lions Wire and Browns Wire. Nothing's going on in Browns Land, so you're cool there, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. What a day it has been. Um, it's nice to wear my Lions hat. And as you can see, I am in fact wearing a Lions hat right now to remind <laughs> me that I'm talking that I do still cover the Lions too, because the Browns uh I put sixteen things up on Browns Wire today. It was quite a day in Cleveland. Sixteen. That's so crazy. Uh, um so uh, now I'm happy to talk about CJ Anderson and the Detroit Lions because that's that's fun too. That's hot news. That's hot news, baby. It is hot news. It's, it's great news. Can you believe this is something that I wanted last year? Yeah. Uh, not not at the time when we signed Laguerre Plant, but when Carrion got hurt, CJ Anderson was the first guy that I thought of that should come in and take that place. Yeah. And I have yeah. to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's this is this is a big deal. And and this is Quinn doing the Quinn thing to me that he always does, right? Here's a guy who's who's out there, and it's like, what was it? Three weeks ago, four weeks ago, we're sitting here like, oh, man, this team is gapped, right? We have so many problems. We've let people, like, walk. We don't have contracts. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do And all of a sudden, I'm like, you know what? We can be very, very picky in the draft. We, we, we don't have to go for I don't say we don't have to go for anything, but we're in such a position now. I can't believe the difference. I can't believe the complete freaking shit. There, there's, there's, there's freedom to do more things. One of the things that you don't need a running back anymore. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think we are fine with carry on Johnson, CJ Anderson, even if it's only for a year, because running backs are, you know, they're, they're cat box liners. Essentially you get a new one when, when it's done and you go on with what it is. That's why he's on a one-year deal. That's why he signed a one-year deal, not even a one-year deal with the Rams last year. That's that's who he is. That's the guy that he has become. That's that's what Laguerre Blunt was. Yeah, that's yeah. what Zach Zenner is every year. Um, he, he's that 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 threesome right there is fine. You had Theo Riddick in. He's still on the team for now. We'll see if that persists in another month. But for now, he's still on the team. So that's 
You're fine there. Love no, you. no, no, no running back needed. Bring a guy in for camp. Bring in, bring an undrafted guy. Some, some guy that I've never heard of from a JUCO in South Dakota. Bring yeah. him in. He runs a four three. Sign him up. So put him on the practice squad. See what you got. So for people listening on the podcast. Uh, you you missed out the live broadcast that we did, so we're doing that. But we're getting questions as we talk here. So Riz, I'm going to kick a couple at you, okay? Um, this is a good one from Joey Two Times. I love. I, should I say Joey Two Times? Two Times. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, and he's he's got a good. Get mark. the papers. Get the papers. <laughs> uh, part of him wanted the Lions to wait until the Browns let go of Duke Johnson so he could nab him. Um, Hmm. I like Duke. I like Duke. I think he's he he'd be a good addition as well. You got all your Brown stuff going today. Duke Duke was set for you. Duke though, Johnson. He? Duke Johnson will not be a Cleveland Brown in 2019. I think that much is pretty clear. Mm-hmm. The the way that he is viewed, and this is especially true in Cleveland, but I think Detroit people will will respect this as well. He was the best offensive weapon on their god awful teams. That doesn't mean that he's a good NFL player. He was the best of a terrible, terrible group of players. Uh, he and Isaiah Crowell, who's wound up not being all that good uh, with Jets, now he's with the Raiders. I think that's where the value is. And I think there's some sentimentality towards him because he's a really nice guy. He's a, he's a very versatile guy. But he's not somebody that, that Freddie Kitchens, when he came over and, and they finally got competent coaching, he's like, I, I don't need that guy. I, we, have other, we have other people that can do what he does and do it better. Um, so I think that's where Duke Johnson is at. And I think fantasy players like him a lot because he was really good as a rookie. He catches a lot of passes. As a running back, he's not as good as Theo Riddick. He's not. Sure. He just isn't. He's a better receiver. I, I honestly think he should be a slot receiver more than I think Theo Riddick should be a slot receiver. And if you've listened to this podcast, all you know, I think Theo Riddick's a slot receiver. Uh, I, I wondered why the Browns didn't move him there. He was their leading receiver in their 0-16 season. But again, that's another case where their number one wide receiver was Ricardo Lewis, who got cut today unceremoniously and probably won't get claimed. Sure. So, yep. That, 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 that's where I'm at with Duke Johnson. I hate to say that because he's a great dude. Right. But he was just, he gets inflated because he was a competent player on a terrible football team. On a good football team, he is your RB3 or slot receiver two. Right. That's, that's where I'm at with him. He could he could uh, he could dust up Zach Center. All right, uh, <laughs> he, he could help he could help Detroit. Yeah. Make no question about that. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he's not an impact player, in with, my opinion. With Theo on his way out, he, he's pro- he'd wind up being lower in the depth chart than he probably wants to, and that's probably yes uh, puts a creates a, an opportunity to have an issue that maybe you don't want in your locker room. So now there's something else, and I've heard this a couple times, and I want you to explain it for us. Um, people are saying that, and here it's Joe B. Um, Bob Quinn set up the signing of C.J. Anderson by uh, offering Malcolm Brown a contract. Walk us through that. What's the thinking on something like that? I don't. I don't follow that honestly. Do you, I mean I think it's the thinking of it's like a, a bait and switch, where the Rams are thinking we wanted Brown, 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 Brown. Uh, they matched his sheet, set him up with that money, and they couldn't keep. No, Anderson. The, the the fact that C.J. Anderson played for the Rams at the end of last year is purely coincidental in this case. Purely coincidental. It has nothing to do with with um, with Malcolm Brown. That, that's it. That they wanted Malcolm Brown. They 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 fell back to C.J. Anderson. And, and and like I said, the fact that he played for the Rams last year is coincidental to the the acquisition of him and, and with Malcolm Brown. I don't think the two things are related at all. I think this is this was Plan B more than trying to you know. They, they have different agents. Um, it's all about the agents in the offseason and free agency. That that there, there's no team. <laughs> ask anybody 
around. There is no loyalty in free agency. So I don't, I don't think those things are related. I think it's more coincidence. Sure. Sure. No, that's, that, that makes sense. I'd heard, like I said, I'd heard it a couple of times and I was trying to put it together and I was hoping you could help uh, make a better story out of it than I could. So, no, um, I, I, I don't, I don't see that. I could be wrong, but I don't see that. So what are we thinking now? Here's we it, cap space is a, is a social construct. It's my favorite phrase right now. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's good. Um, I can't claim ownership. I saw it and I've repeated it a couple times. So whoever owns that, you know, props for that one. I, I, I should do a better, better job of uh, attributing that stuff. But uh, anyway, we got a situation where it feels like, and it looks like we got a lot of cap space, but we've also got some, some issues down the road here with guys that are going to be expensive against the cap. We know you can roll over cap. What what do you, what's your thinking? You put yourself in uh, as the capologist in the shoes. Of the is there room to you know, pull somebody, or you want to try? To- and we have the we have the new capologist, and I think it's a very good thing that he's in. It, it seems like there's a more cogent, long term view with how they're going to do these things. Yep. Um, and and that's not to disparage. Um, I'm blanking on his name. Um, the, but he he did a fine job. But I think there was room for improvement. I think we're seeing that in the way that these contracts are structured. Um, the fact that the CBA could expire after 2020, 2021, there could be radical changes to it. I think the lines are well situated for that as well. That's not, that's, that's going way beyond here, but they should probably not spend all of the capital room that they have. And I think it's what, well, I don't, I don't know what the Anderson deal is, but they had enough to make one more really splashy signing if they wanted to, or re-signing somebody that they, they need to, um, you know, if they want to do uh, Taylor Decker could come up in the next, you know, calendar year, those, um, they could, they have the ability to do that. And I think the flexibility to have that is important. The flexibility to sign somebody who might come available in the season unexpectedly. That's important. I don't think they want to, to trap themselves in that. So the idea of carrying money and not spending it now yeah, you kind of want to see the good players now, but at the same time, I, I like the idea that that you have options open later because there will be teams that outspend themselves now. Right. It's like if you're doing an auction draft in fantasy and everybody goes gaga in the first few picks. And then I remember this doing a fantasy draft, auction draft many years ago um, where Joey Harrington went for like $11 like early on in the thing. And I wound up getting Ben Roethlisberger for like a dollar, like four rounds later, just because nobody else needed a quarterback and nobody had money to spend to bid up. That's sort of the way the free agency plays itself out from here on out the rest of the off season. Uh, and I'm comfortable with where the lines are at in that. Sure. Sure. Yeah. No, I, I love having extra money. I love having money for the middle of the year. We've seen those injuries hit just like you said. And the kind of the tough side of that, if you will, is it rolls over if you don't spend it. And right now I don't know. And there's that could a whole come lot in handy. There's not a whole lot to spend on right now, right? I mean, there's there's just no super impact players out there that are gonna change this team up. Why no, spend the there money? Are, there are good players out there, but um, I, I'd love to see Trey Boston, uh, a safety sure, who sure. I just wound up talking about on, on the Browns' purposes, <laughs> but he'd look great in Detroit too um, as a a safety who can do it all, and I think that would free up a lot of other things. That then you could get rid of Tavon Wilson even after he took his pay cut, which mm-hmm. I'd be okay with. Um, but yeah, you're not looking, there's not anybody really on the market right now who starts for this team. Yeah. Um, there, there's no sense in signing anybody else. I, I think you could see maybe a, a backup cornerback, a project guy, mm-hmm. 
but you're not you're not looking at anybody who's going to make a big impact on Sunday's signing right now it's, until after the draft. It's the draft, and it's right. And it's an remember, edge in all wide players, receiver. There are there are veterans who are going to get cut after the draft, and you will want to have some flexibility to sign those guys as well. Good point. And the Lions have that that potential right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Very, very good thinking. Uh, we got a question from Over Easy TV. He said we're gonna have to make an "I love Theo Riddick" soundbite. Sorry, buddy. I fucking love Theo Riddick. That's a, that's an old one. That one goes away. <laughs> that is back. an old one. <laughs> we got you, covered. You know that. Come on. Nice. <laughs> All right. So there's that. Let's uh, let's move on. This is good stuff. So overall, C.J. Anderson, we give um, Bob Quinn an A today, right? On on what he's. I, I think so. Yeah, it's it's a good signing. I haven't. Like, I, so I have not seen the financials of it, but I can't imagine that it's a a you know, a, a deal breaking thing. Um, he's a one year guy. He knows what his role is. He knows that he is essentially LeGarrette Blount on the depth chart. He's a lot better than LeGarrette Blount on the depth chart. Let's hope that it stays that way. Um, he, he, he brings a little bit of a taste of a win. You know, now Blount brought that as well coming from the Super Bowl, but th- this is a guy he, he's bounced around a little bit. I think he's hungry to really prove himself. And I, I like having that more, more youthful hunger than what Blount had. Blount, Blount was clearly all right, you know what? I, I know Coach Patricia. I know what he's going to do for me. I know he's going to ignore the offense. I can do, I can be me and, and get away with it. And I, I think, I am hopeful that the Lions have learned from that experience as well. That uh, the familiarity doesn't always make for the best bedfellow. Yeah, yeah. But you, you don't want to be empty bedfellow. All right. Uh- <laughs> no, 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 you don't want that either. <laughs> All right, um, I'm going to move on from CJ now. I'm going to move on to a question we got via Twitter that they wanted us to talk about, and this is this is right up your alley, Riz. This is your kind of thing. It's from the blood, right. the blood right. dides. Um, he's got a question for us. <laughs> I know that dude. <laughs> uh, what position groups in the draft had the largest number of top ten worthy prospects? Meaning, not will be picked in the top ten, but prospects who have the talent, production, and game tape to kind of belong in the top ten. So we're thinking like, oh, okay, I got you. Groups, I got right, you. Right? Yeah. And uh, let's, let's talk through that a little bit. And, and then we're going to talk about how does that fit where, where the Lions need positional players. Yeah, I, I think defensive line is, is obviously the strength. You know, Quinn and Williams um, is my number one player. Sure. Uh, you got uh, Ed Oliver, um, who now everybody in Lions Lane has flocked to. Um, he's been my number four player all year. Uh, I, 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 I would love Ed Oliver at eight. I don't, I don't care that he's redundant with, with what we got on the roster. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, you know, Nick Aaron Bosa Donald would have been uh, redundant Aaron, too, right? <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> Throw that in everybody's face who says that. Oh, we've already got snacks. We've got Deshaun Handy. He's great. Yeah, we once had Sue and Fairley, and, and Sammy Lee Hill was no slouch either. But, yeah, uh, yeah, Aaron Donald would look pretty good. Yeah. We had, uh, what was his name, Tyron Walker then, too. Yeah. Uh, before his leg got snapped on a cheap shot in Seattle. Yeah, that one still pisses Bastards. me off. I really like Tyron Walker. I did, too. Good good dude. Could have been a good player until Seattle ended his career on purpose, by the yeah, way. Yeah. Hate that. that. Yeah. Hate that. That was that. absolute shit play. And that was a push, It man. just got buried, left alone. It did. Really bummed me out. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I'm with that. Um, But, like, you look at your edges. You got, you got Bosa. You got... um. Uh, I'm, I'm spaced out here. Um, uh, Josh Allen is another guy. I think he's very much in play at eight for the Lions. The Kentucky pass rusher, not the bad quarterback in Buffalo. Uh, there, there's uh, you have to differentiate between the two. Yeah, um, and, and definitely not John Ro- Josh Rosen. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
You know, there, there is one person in the Lions media, and I won't say who it is, and I'll see if that person comes forward in time, who loves the idea of the Lions trading for Josh Rosen this year. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll see if, if that person uh, reveals him or herself uh, down the road. I don't mind, because it, it, it's been said to me in confidence in private, um, and it's, it's, it's loopy, but... Hey, weird things happen, man. And, um, and you can you can put together a plausible reasoning yes. behind it, right? I mean, you can look yes. at it and say, okay, so it's not in the top of my mind. It's not something that I would do right away, but yeah, it does. I can right. see how it would make right. sense. Yeah, yeah. So, so those defensive linemen, and you know, Montez Sweat. I don't have him that high. I'm not quite that high on Brian Burns, mm-hmm. but those guys are all really good. So there's a lot of depth there. As far as top 10 overall, I'm going through my board and I'm doing it mentally here. So you'll, you'll see me looking up because when I think I look up. Yeah, look up in the brain uh, and see what that stuff is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um is in my top 10. Um, I have Byron Murphy in my top 10. He is not going to go in the top 10 and he should not be a candidate at number eight. He's my number one. Eight. This is a case. He is my number one cornerback. He is not my number one cornerback for the Lions because I don't think he fits schematically all that well. I prefer Amani Oruarie as my number one corner for Detroit purposes. And I would probably take Greedy Williams over Byron Murphy for Detroit as well just because of what he offers and, and you know, the skills that the Lions look for in a cornerback. They're different. Um, and, th- and I know you're not high on Greedy either for the Lions. Well, no, um, <laughs> I, I, I appreciate a lot what he does as a player and a playmaker. I have heard things behind the scenes, and I showed it to you um, from my phone, the text that I got from someone who has some not very nice things to say about his work ethic and discipline on field. Um, and and, and those shows through in his tackling, right? I mean, which is that's it does show really tackling. doing your work, right? That's where you're really doing your work and showing your commitment is when you're in there tackling. That's right. probably the most committed you're, you are on the field. And when you see that, it's either, hey, the guy can't tackle and we can coach that, or it's a he won't he tackle. He doesn't want to, yeah. right. <laughs> um, and, you know, he's um, – I, I loved Dre Bly personally. Oh, yes, um, w- one of my favorite lions from that, that dark period. <laughs> <laughs> Greedy Williams reminds me a lot of Dre Bly. Um, and Dre Bly probably couldn't tackle me in the open field, nor would he try because I'm a little bigger than him. I think we get that with greedy too. <laughs> um, but, but some of the things, and, and I showed it to you and I've, I've talked with a couple of the people um, it's greedy. I think greedy is a worthy first round talent. He's going to be in my num. He's going to be in my tw- low twenties overall. I haven't finished my big board yet, but mm-hmm. a good player, but I don't think he is what Detroit wants. Uh, and that was made fairly clear to me um, in between the senior bowl and the combine and nothing I've heard since then has changed that opinion. Very interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, but what, like, like for as far as who else is in the top 10, Hawkinson is not in my top 10 overall players. Um, I do not have any offensive linemen there that I'm aware of. Um, although uh, I love Garrett Bradbury from North Carolina state an interior lineman, and he's going to be close. Um, I'm praying to God that they don't take an offensive lineman before day three, mm-hmm. but if they have to, it'd 
better be that guy. Yeah. I like that guy. I like him better than Lindstrom uh, from Boston College, and I like him better than Jonah Williams, who I think is going to be a washout in the NFL. I want to ask you about a different position because it's, it's a massive position of need for this team. We talked about it last week. Um, and a guy that we saw at the Senior Bowl who I was pretty high on. Um, and no, it's not Isabella. I liked him early, but boy, he, that body catch really did chase me away. He, he, <laughs> his catch total is inflated because he catches each one twice. Right? <laughs> Um, the guy that really kind of knocked my socks off, uh, besides Debo, we talked about Debo, was oh, Debo. <laughs> uh, Terry McLaurin. Oh. This guy oh, looks yeah. really, really good out, out there. I feel like he's a good fit for this Lions team if we could get him, and he'd be a real, real big benefit. Unfortunately, I don't know he's going to be available where we're picking He's he's in that limbo land where he can go anywhere between like thirty and seventy, and and we got one pick there. Yeah, <laughs> so that's, uh, and I think I I do think that's a pretty realistic range. If you follow my draft work at all, you know that I'm pretty good at finding the draft range. I might not match the player with the team, but I'm pretty good about like knowing what general consensus ceiling and floor for players are. And and uh, he's in that. I don't think he's going to go in the first round, but he could. But he is, he's perfect because he's a complimentary wide receiver, and that's the role that he's been playing in Detroit. He is a monster on special teams. Yeah. That's how he got on the field at Ohio State. And that's something that has to be appealing because I think the special teams in Detroit would go up a little. That'd be nice. Yeah. Um, he, he, would, he would play with Marvin Jones and then take over for Marvin Jones in a year. That's an ideal situation right there. And I can see the gears in your head thinking the exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, you got it. You get a year to groom him behind <laughs> a savvy veteran who, who will do his job professionally, and then you turn it over to the fresh young buck. You need, you need, you need some good movements. Um, you really need somebody to want that eight. You, you, it, I, I feel like it. I, I mean, I'm with you. I, I, I understand the uh, defensive end kind of role, the edge role that we we're, we're looking for. We want to really kind of drill somebody on that. But, God, the need – I feel good about our defensive line as it stands. Not, not, It's not like absolutely massive killer number one in the league. It could be. Like a Josh Allen, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. But <laughs> the, thing, oh. <laughs> the thing about Pan it down. is <laughs> – Right, right. The thing about it is is I feel like we're, we're in pretty good shape there, but we are just hurting like we said last week, a wide receiver. And to take that eighth and maybe turn it into like a 14th, a 16th, something like that, but another second, I, I, that boy. Then I, then you can dip into that. Then you can get, get Debo. Then you can bring McLaurin. Terry McLaurin. You can get Paris Campbell, another Ohio State Buckeye, who's going to be a really good NFL wide receiver, who's in that 30 to 50 overall range. Getting more picks in that area, I, I would love to trade down. The problem is who's going to trade up Who and for what? Yep. We're, we're always surprised by these things every year. I remember the Julio Jones trade-up. Um, it was shocking that they traded the, to Sean Watson being traded up for. Yeah. Mahomes being traded up for. It, Mitchell Trubisky. It, Mitchell. Mitchell. Still do, Mr. I love, I love hearing Bears fans defend that move. He traded up for a guy that San Francisco had no intention of taking. Yeah, they got played. They're happy. They, they they won the division, so we can't talk too much smack because uh, they're we're looking up at them. We can, we can, but we won't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, I took you off track a little bit. Any other positions groups that really uh, have you high, or you think that there's a lot of players that are kind of top ten material, but maybe won't necessarily go there? 
Um, I, not really. Um, I, I do like some of the cornerbacks, um, although I've fallen out of favor with some. I, it, they're more like late first, early second round guys. My, my top ten, I'm I'm doing I'm doing mentally now. I think eight of them are defensive linemen or, or play can play defensive line. Uh, Devin Bush is in there. Yeah. He's obviously not an alignment, but is he can blitz from the second level like a mother man. Mm-hmm. I, I, I would be very intrigued to have him playing next to Jared Davis in the middle of the defense. I don't think that that's any consideration, but he'd be a lot of fun. Right, right, right. Now, rumor is, is you're super high on the uh, quarterback class this year, and you think the Lions will take one of first. <laughs> but um, John Henry Smith, He's tweeting at us, and he's, oh, he was talking about just beforehand here that uh, he sees this as being a team that um, they're setting up to take a, a quarterback maybe earlier than everyone thought, maybe as early as the third. I don't see the third. I don't see the third. I, I don't see anything before the fifth myself. I, 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 I like his thinking. I like his math, but I don't third agree. Is, third is pushing it, but it, it wouldn't stun me if they took a guy in the third, if they think, if they feel strongly enough about it, that the, the my sense from talking to people and, and keep in mind, I have not been in Allen park in a little bit. Um, I've been there since the combine, but um, yes. Anyways, you're going to come in May though, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Cause we got that thing going, sure. right? I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> Patreon people will know about it. Cause we have that. Yes. Chat. Yes, they will. Be part of it. Um, and, uh, yeah. So I don't think that the lions view the quarterbacks all that highly either. I think they have a couple of specific people that they like. And I think if they're available in the third, they'll probably consider it. But I think if they're available in the fourth, that's where they're really going to start thinking. This guy might not be here the next time we pick. Um, and, uh, I, I I would love to say that Tyree Jackson is one of those players, but I get the impression they're just not all that all that interested in in my guy from Mona Shores up the road here. Um, Mona Shores is where well, I, I'm, I'm facing. I don't know if I'm you're looking up in your brain that way. I don't know if you're looking <laughs> up in your brain for the answer, or you're looking at directions. <laughs> I'm facing west in my house. Um, Interstate 196 is directly behind me. The beach is that way, which means Muskegon is that way. <laughs> That's right. Yes. Oh man, awesome, awesome. Okay. Those of you watching on video, uh, we, we love you, appreciate you. Yeah, thanks for for joining the stupidity. <laughs> yes, we'll, yes, we do appreciate that. But, but um, I will say that keep an eye on on Rippin, mm-hmm. um, and keep an eye on oh dogs. What's his name? Um, it's not a guy who's normally talked up as being draftable. Starts with an S, um, right? Um, e. Uh, not Jared Stidham. Although I can see, I can see the Lions liking Jared Stidham. I would be very upset. That's a Jimmy Landis type of situation for me. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, I'll think of it. If I think of it, I'll I'll yell it out. I haven't seen Ripian, and I mean, we saw these guys. He's, he's all right. He's he's not uh, Marcus McMarion is who I'm thinking of. He's he's a mobile guy from Fresno State. He fits the bill of being a an offensive weapon that they could use in the way that the Patriots did with Jacoby Brissett, who wound up not being all that athletic, but they thought he was because of the color of his skin. Um, uh, McMarion was at the Shrine game. I know they met with him there. He's a bright guy. He throws a live ball. He can run around a little bit. He's not always sure where the ball's going, but 
hey, hopefully I can teach those things. That's, I hope so. It's <laughs> <laughs> interesting. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm. It's unfortunate. I I don't. This quarterback class is so bad, Chris. It is. So it is. Everything we saw, right? I mean, it was so hard. We, we've talked about this. Called, it's so hard to judge the wide receivers at the Senior Bowl because they never got a ball that was within any freaking wingspan, no how, how, matter how big it was. Uh, it you was, know what? It reminds me of the year where the Lions got Matthew Stafford, where there was it, there's one clear-cut number one. I think that's Kyler Murray, and I think he's winning over the people who are skeptical on him, and I – I will admit I'm skeptical of him because I do think he has a fallback to baseball. I do worry about his height um, more for how NFL teams will view him and try to use him Mm -hmm. rather than any indictment on his natural ability. Um, Dwayne Haskins, the more I have watched him, the more I'm like, God, he's really good at a lot of things, but there are a lot of things where he's um, go back to go back to that, that draft, um, Jason Campbell, that kind of guy. Right. Right. Um, and, and I remember the Senior Bowl that year. That was, I think, that was the first year that I went, where Pat White was like the MVP of the Senior Bowl and all practice because he was the only guy who could throw a spiral in the wind. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, this group is that bad. Well, and that's the thing, Riz. This is where I'm. I'm like. It, it's all a Landis pick. I don't care if you pick a quarterback in the third or the fourth. It's it's basically you're you're throwing away a pick along the way, and especially when you're doing it on a quarterback, it's you're investing so much more uh, capital. I just I just am not for that third fourth. Even with this group of guys, just not. This isn't where you're going to find you know, your, your next it, starter. This is you're not going to find a Tom Brady in this group of kids. You're just not. So we'll do the exercise. Um, we have drafted two sixth-round picks on quarterbacks in recent times, mm-hmm. Brad Kaya and Jake Rudock. Jake Rudock, I'm, I'm doing it right now. Jake Rudock would be quarterback five maybe in this class, no worse than quarterback six in this class. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've seen what Jake Rudock is and what he is not. Uh, I would say that Kaya – I really didn't like Brad Kaya, so he's probably yeah, you were he, always he Kaya. Me, what are you talking he'd about? He'd be down. He'd be down a little ways. Um, Weren't you always so, looking to put him in? Maybe I'm misremembering. I thought you were really always rallying behind no, Kaya. No, Kaya. Um, I. Uh, oh no, that was all the people that that read your stuff. They were team. <laughs> Jonathan Hankins crew. Thank you very much. <laughs> There's an inside joke. Oh, there's there's people you can tell have listened before or not yeah. if they get that <laughs> they get that reference. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Put on the professional face again. Um, or trying to find it. So yeah. Okay. So I, I'm just I'm just like let's just take this year knowing that you are going to absolutely just bottom out if you lose Stafford. It's are you okay anyway. with Connor Cook as your backup quarterback? I, I kind of am. I'd rather just because there's nobody I'm going to draft that's going to do better than Connor Cook. There's nobody I'm going to draft that's going to win if Stafford goes down. Why am I going to waste that's a fair. pick and waste that kind of capital? when I could get a wide receiver that I need, which is a long-term fix. You've got a guy you're renting as a backup for a year, two, or three on a rookie contract is what you're getting in a quarterback now that you're going to lose with anyway if Stafford goes down. Build the team, build the team in the areas you want, and then get your quarterback when you get a stronger quarterback class. That's that's the way it's got to be. I did like Connor Cook in his draft class. I hit him as the number two quarterback in his class. and uh, He's number two in the Lions. And I'll, I'll say this. <laughs> I watched – I had I, – I, I was – running the Texans wire at the time when he started a playoff game against the Houston Texans. He did not look bad 
And remember, they played that game with their fourth and fifth string offensive tackles in that game. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, he, he didn't win, obviously, but he, Odeobushi won that game. Yeah. Yep. Say that. So that's the, not bad. People got to warm up to Odeobushi. Yeah, he is your perfect. starting right guard on week one. I'll, 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 I'll put $5 on that now with anybody who wants to bet that with a limit of 20 of you. <laughs> <laughs> DraftKings.com. Uh, <laughs> Ode Ibushi can play. He was not, not real well, but if he's your worst offensive lineman, there's going to be a lot worse offensive lines than you have. And how did you put it last week? He was the best player on a bad line. He was the second best offensive lineman on a Houston Texans team that won a playoff game and scared the Patriots in the next round. Mm -hmm. And uh, you put him as the worst guy in your line at right guard. Um, yep. You got Crosby. I'm fine with that. Yeah, you, you got Glass. You, you got Tyrell Crosby in there. You yeah. got Andrew Donald and his beautiful hair is back. That's nice. Yep. He's yep. got luscious locks, man. That's beautiful. <laughs> I want to grow mine out just to, just to get some. Some I've, so I have seen your, your a wedding picture of yeah. you with with some serious flow, baby. Right, right. That was uh, that was something else. That was that was halfway down my back when it was wet. Yeah. <laughs> that was the hardest part afterwards when you'd get out of the shower or whatever. After I cut it all off, I'd like go and, and there's like it was just like a head <laughs> I can't flip it around anymore. <laughs> it would come all the way around my face. It was good times. So those were wow. those were great days. I was I was a I was a player back then. <laughs> got me samson <laughs> oh boy all right well, well that's that um you gotta go back to the the browns work here or are you taking the night to to kind of go chill out now um i do have to finish one piece that i'm writing about them treating uh emmanuel ogba for eric murray um it's it's an interesting deal it's uh i think Lions fans can relate to a lot of what the browns are going through now and in, in how they rose from being zero and 16 to where we made the playoffs in 2011. That's where the Browns are at right now. That that's sort of exciting. Like, oh my God, we got we got Sue. We got we got all these really good players. We still got Calvin Johnson. You know, Stafford's coming into his own. That's the feeling right now with with Baker Mayfield and Miles Garrett, who's I I, I freaking love Miles Garrett. <laughs> I, I, I can't get enough of that guy. And they had Odell Beckham. They've got Jarvis Landry, David Njoku, who is their version of Eric Ebron and is quickly becoming that way with their media, which is really kind of fun to watch too from afar. Um, it's it's cool to see a fan base that has been kicked on and stepped on and shat upon for so many years, getting a little bit of confidence and swagger and believing a little bit. And I, I remember that with Detroit. And I remember that going into that, that, that playoff season and coming out of that year, we're like, yeah, you know what? This, this could happen. Okay. Yeah, it could happen. And other than the last Schwartz year, by and large, the Lions have not been bad. They've been competitive. Right. Right. Almost had a winning record. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's cool to see that with the fan because Cleveland fans, as much as Detroit lo loves their Lions, Detroit also has the Red Wings, who have been really good and relevant for a very long time. They have the Pistons, who um, they're they're going to be a, a one and done in the playoffs. But at least they're fun. Blake Griffin's fun to watch. You know when 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 uh, Steve, when what's his name the the guard? Um, why am I blanking on names today? Jackson is playing well. They're fun. You they're at least an entertaining team. 
you know um, what where we're headed, Riz? This is my prediction. And all we have to well, do is find the somehow like high school, hometown, whatever connection between Baker Mayfield and Otto Graham. And you're going to have the Bobby Lane and Matt Stafford connection. You're yeah, that's have right. The Baker Mayfield, Otto Graham connection. And you're going to bring back the glorious 50s of football, man, where it was the Browns and the Lions just ripping buttons everywhere. That would, everywhere. That would be fun. That be you awesome? know, my, my good friend Max has a game program that's framed in his office of the, the championship game between the Browns and the Lions. I'm like, dude, I leave that to me in your will. I need that. <laughs> He's oh, younger man. than me, so that probably won't happen. Yeah. <laughs> good times man yeah so it, it's it's cool to watch that and it's cool and and i would i would encourage lions fans to if you're gonna watch another team watch the team on the other side of lake erie because they're they're fun they're a fun group of people and yeah. and their fans are very similar to us as lions fans get they to really know are. you're gonna see them in the super bowl coming soon <laughs> that's the prediction god that would be fun that'd be great It'd All be right, fun guys. for me personally. I'm, I, I'd, I'd love that, yeah. especially with Detroit playing. Yeah. Although then, I, then I'd have I'd have divided loyalties because I'd. Yeah. yeah. The problem I'd love to have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just stress out about that some other time. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When, when it's a reality, yeah. For yeah. Sure. yeah. All right, Riz. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate your time, and uh, I, I love you working around the schedule for us, man. Great to have you on. We'll, uh, I appreciate you accommodating me. It's uh, it's tough being um, with spring break. My family is coming to see me tomorrow, so oh, crazy times. All right, yeah. Hug the rents for me, all right, bud. I will. All right. Remember, this show needs your involvement. Use the comments in the server to give us your feedback. That's what makes us the number one Detroit Lions podcast. Also, don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. And check us out on the Facebook, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast, facebook.com slash the Detroit Lions podcast. And follow us on Twitter at D-E-T Lions podcast, D-E-T Lions podcast. It's the very best place to see Dean. Pants free. That's right. You know, we just to tell you a quick story, we do, Mike Pereira and I do a digital show during the football season called Last Call, and you can, you can check it out on YouTube. And um, we were, I was actually traveling, and I was doing it via Skype, and I had my, my Microsoft Surface set up on the desk, and I was wearing a top, but I wasn't wearing any pants. And the Surface tipped over live in the middle of it. I had to catch it reset it and uh and for about a second and a half you had a great shot of of my boxer shorts so um the editors caught it we got a couple of good screenshots and uh and for a while there you you know for a second and a half you got a good look at my uh you know below the belt so that's i, I like to go pants free i'm wearing pants now but I do like to go pants free. Yeah, it'll draft day will all be pants free. You have to. We'll be we'll be free on that one. You know, it's funny because the <laughs> it started on the podcast, but being an audio medium, we get some of that uh, that same freedom. But there is a picture that's on uh, Twitter of Case when we first interviewed Zach Zenner. Uh, he's in his living room with his headphones on, sitting there in his in his uh, tidy whiteies talking <laughs> doing the interview. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't come back since, oddly enough. All right. Give us a call via Skype Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or call us on the Lions line, 929 335 4667. It's 929 333 Lions. Be sure to go to Detroit Lions Podcast.com and subscribe to the podcast so we can come in your little box automatically. Thank you for tuning in, and we're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs. And no problems, because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How 
big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. <laughs>